It was a Memorial Day miracle. It gave seven to remember as the Miami Heat looked history in the eye and spit right back in its face as the Miami Heat blow out the Celtics in epic fashion and go back to the NBA Finals, the team that never does anything easy but never gives up. Stay together, face adversity, and we'll take on the Denver Nuggets for a chance at the championship. We break it all down in today's live edition of Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg here with David Vermill. However, you might be tuning in on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. And thank you to everybody tuning in for our live Let's post-game go. show here. Let's uh, go! Today's live post-game show brought to you by the GameTime app. Download the GameTime app, create an account, use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Well, David, 150 times teams with a 3-0 lead won the series coming into tonight, and none had lost. Now it's 151. The Heat go into Game 7. And they blow out the Celtics 103 to 84. They bounced back from a heartbreaking game six loss and did what they had to do to avoid making the wrong kind of history. Instead, they make the right kind of history. They are the first eighth seed in league history during a full season, not lockout seasons, to advance to the NBA Finals, where they're going to take on the Denver Nuggets. We're going to get to our credit cookies, Eastern Conference Finals, going to the NBA Finals edition of credit cookies. We are going to touch on that Nuggets series here in a bit but geez david how did the heat do it <laughs> they stayed together they watched as boston as they have for so much of their season flirted with implosion and they certainly did today uh, you was there was a team that was mentally tough ready for the challenge ready for a battle and then there was the boston celtics who could not seem to shoot themselves out of the game quicker than they did tonight they fell in love with the three-pointers they have all season. A very good three-pointing shooting team. And we should point out, because some Celtics fan lurking in the comments is already going to say, oh, but Jason Tatum, it was hurt, twisted his ankle. Oh, who cares? Go back to South of you, bum. You know what? He did twist his ankle. It doesn't matter. Jimmy Butler has been playing with half a leg for most of the playoffs after he heard it against the New York Knicks. He was the better player. And then Celtics just fell apart. And that, what really stands out to me, is how they kept it together after what we were there, as demoralizing a loss as you can experience yeah. to come back from a huge deficit in game six to effectively win the game with three seconds left, only to have Derek White steal it from right under you at your house. Jimmy Butler saying we were going to be in this position a year ago. We'll be back and we're going to win it. Saying earlier this postseason, despite the loss and game five, you know what? We're going to go win one on the road. It doesn't matter. They knew they were going to do it. They did it in Game 7. What a comeback. What a story. What a goddamn season for this Miami Heat team. <laughs> Unbelievable. So much grit. So much tenacity. One of the best wins I've ever seen. My only shame is that I couldn't see be there to, to bathe in the Celtics fans' tears as they cried for their beloved Celtics. I didn't even see tears in the crowd. Just, like, just shock. Oh, disbelief. Yeah. You know, just oh, like. There were tears. Uh, there were tears. I'm sure there will be tears, but. Look, uh, I, I've said this going into Game 7, and the thing that I kept coming back to in sort of my preparation and, and doing different kinds of interviews and all these things going into this game was, despite having lost three straight games going into this Game 7 and just on the precipice of, again, making that wrong kind of being the first team to ever blow a 3-0 lead in a, finals, in a playoff series, I kept coming back to this. 
I think the Heat were the better team for the first six games, even in the losses. They kept turnovers low. The rebounding margin was nothing to speak of for the Boston Celtics, even when they were big, but especially when they went small. Miami's three-point shooting, they were getting better looks from three than the Celtics were all series long, even though you know the Celtics had some good games and good quarters and, and good series here and there. But I, I like the way the Heat were generating offense better than Boston. Um, and and defensively, they were much better than Boston, right? Like just not no cracks, no real places to peck at. If you were the Boston Celtics, where I felt like the Heat found some things, uh, even in game six, I thought they found some things that they could work offensively uh, in Boston's defense. It was just a matter of, okay, can you get big shooting nights again from Caleb Martin, Max Strews, Duncan Robinson, Gabe Vincent, the way that you got in game six? And if you can get that, can you get a better Jimmy Butler performance? And can you get a better Bam Adebayo performance? And that's exactly what happened in game seven in Boston. Gabe Vincent made shots early on. Caleb Martin was sublime. Absolutely phenomenal Caleb Martin game. And we're going to get to him more in a minute. Uh, everybody's Duncan Robinson had his moments, Max Strews, everybody. And then you got the Jimmy Butler game that you would sort of – Look, this wasn't 46 points in game six. It wasn't 35 points in 48 minutes or whatever it was that he had in game seven, even last year, but it was right. what they needed. It was enough where it wasn't enough in game six. And that's why they lost that game. Bam out of bio. Just how many three pointers was he responsible for just with his screen setting in that yeah. first half? Unbelievable. And maybe his best defensive game of the series in this one too, where he was having to switch and scramble and, and cover so much ground. There's so much to get to here. I, you touched on the Jason Tatum injury, and I want to I want to get to that because I want like just looking at the series as a whole. I think there's no doubt that Jason Tatum rolling his ankle, left ankle, and the first possession of the game took the wind out of Boston's sails. Maybe moment. No, for sure it did. But the Maybe. difference, but the difference between the Celtics and the Heat this series and this season, and maybe even the last couple seasons, has been. That if there is a critique of the Boston Celtics is that mentally they're soft. They're a little yeah. fragile, right? And something like a rolled ankle on the first possession of the game can knock them off of their square a little bit, right? And with the Miami Heat, they lose Tyler Hero in the first game of the postseason. They lose Victor Oladipo in the very same series. Jimmy Butler rolls his ankle in game one against the New York Knicks. Gabe Vincent had to miss a game in this series with a bad ankle. Bam Adebayo has been dealing with a shoulder thing. And none of those injuries... Stop my um, Miami's momentum. None of them are an excuse for the Miami Heat. If anything, they kind of just double down and grit their teeth and just push through it. And so while I do think it changed the game for the Celtics, that is a that is a, a discredit to the Celtics for letting it bother them so much. He was healthy enough to stay in the game. It's not like they lost Jason Tatum, right? And then for the Heat, like like I said, Butler's been on a bum ankle for 14 games or, or 13 games now, right? Yeah. And and just and, and you just find ways to get through it. So uh, I, I think that the Heat have been the mentally tougher team, and I think that's what set that, them that. apart in this series because it wasn't that, talent. That. I can tell you that, David. Unless Kay um, maybe it is now because Caleb Martin's an, uh, a bona fide superstar. Yeah, apparently. I'm not even gonna get it. But, Let's not even get into the debates, man. Come on, like you know, Jason Tatum's ankle is, is, is. I know it was problematic for Tatum, and he struggled. But Marcus Smart, you know, struggled. Jalen Brown struggled coughing up the ball. Al Horford. Derek White had a little run. Jalen Brown. Did it, that. They, they ran the stat during the broadcast. Jalen Brown eight. Yeah, same. It holds. Eight turnovers for Jalen Brown in this game, seven yep. for the Miami Heat. He had more turnovers than the Miami Heat. And that's the thing is, like, the, the Heat's defense comes in layers. They are so prepared. They understand the assignment, and they take the test, and they execute better than any team in this postseason, other than the, probably the, the team that they're going to face in the NBA Finals in the Denver Nuggets, who are equally as good uh, drawing up and executing game plans. So, like, the fact that they got Jalen Brown moving east to west, kind of get him with those side-to-side -side dribbles, yeah. If Jalen Brown puts that down two or three times, 
he becomes ter- pretty turnover prone, right? Yeah. Stan Van Gundy in the broadcast said he, become, he becomes a mistake player, which was yeah. pretty harsh, but true. And Miami knows that. This isn't new to them. They know the scouting report on Jalen Brown. They know how to go him into those turnovers. Meanwhile, I still don't know why the Celtics don't have Duncan Robinson in their scouting report with the wide open threes, <laughs> the cutting back door. This is just a better prepared team. And that, that stuff just matters, man. They're the better prepared team. Better prepared, They're the mentally tougher team. And they had the best player in the series in Caleb Martin, who got robbed. Robbed not getting the Larry Bird trophy. Uh, you know, you could make an argument for it. I, at the same time, you know. I was what, half waiting for Jimmy Butler to just be like, I appreciate it, and then turn and just give it to Caleb. I, I Well, you know, he's not going to do that. But You're not really time, allowed. You're not seem, allowed to. He, he, yeah, and he was pretty upset. It, I don't think he, like, it's fine. Uh, I remember seeing that same look on his face in, in, in the Orlando bubble. Like, winning the Eastern Conference Finals was never the goal. The goal is to win the championship. That's their aim. As tough a challenge as that might be, they're there. They put themselves in the position to be so. They capitalize on Boston's soft mentality, their mm-hmm. their weaknesses, their just flippant attitude throughout the whole series, except in games four and five and some stretches. Game six, I'd say they still flirted with disaster. In game seven, they absolutely crapped the bed. They just couldn't get out of their own way. And Miami, the better team. Talk, you know, talking Zach, about Zachary talent said doesn't here matter. Too. But Zachary said Butler was injured tonight. He was limping. He was limping probably yeah. more in this yeah. game than they I noticed. They cut the grimacing Jimmy Butler often. As, as often as they showed Jason Tatum grimacing through his own injury, Jimmy was struggling with it. He has been struggling. This game, the series would have been over two games ago if Jimmy Butler had been in full health. And I think everybody knows that. It doesn't matter. They're here. They yep. accomplished yep. something that nobody thought was possible. This is such a wonderful victory for this Heat team because it shows – the faith is rewarded. They believe in themselves when nobody else did, when nobody else discounted as yeah. Spo and everybody else has said, we don't give a shit what anybody else thinks about it. And Miami clearly does not care about the outside perspectives. They believe in themselves a hundred percent, even when they struggle through the regular season, sure. nobody gave them a chance against the Bucks, the Knicks, and now against the Celtics. Here they are. The, one of two teams left in the NBA, a place where many franchises have yet to even taste Miami back for the second time in four seasons. Unbelievable run through the playoffs. What a goddamn game. The Heat, for historical context, the first eight seed ever to reach the NBA Finals in a full season. If they were, when you look at just the history of the NBA, the only team this low of a seed, even like kind of in the same realm, to win a championship was the 94-95 Houston Rockets. They were a six seed. They beat the Magic in the the finals uh, for nothing. But... Um, and that team was kind of similar uh, in the regular season, kind of disjointed in the regular season, and then uh, 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 just a marginally positive point differential. In Miami's case, it was a negative. I don't think that there's ever been a team with a negative point differential in the regular season to make the finals. I am fairly certain. I've only done kind of – I haven't, like, scoured the entire list of finals teams, but uh, on a preliminary kind of, like, search, I did not find a, a, a team with a negative – like. There is an argument to be made, and I think a strong one, and I feel pretty confident about this. The Heat are the worst team, quote-unquote worst team, record point differential ever, to make the NBA Finals. I mean, this there was the wrong kind of history that could have gotten made tonight, David, and there was the right kind of history. And the Heat were teetering on which one, right on the fence, right? Which one was it going to be? And they came out, man. They blew the doors off the Boston Celtics. They were the tougher team. They were the better team. And I, and like I said, I think they have been the better team despite losing three in a row to get to get to this point in the first place. I thought they had been the better team for most of this series. But we're going to hand out credit cookies to Jimmy Butler. I have more on Jimmy that I want to get to. And Caleb Martin, man, 
We're going to talk about that next, but first, David, tell listeners about our sponsor. Today's show is brought to you by Game Time. You can buy tickets to your favorite events. Should never be stressful. Game Time, fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, theater near you. If you happen to be in Denver, go get yourself tickets to the NBA Finals and go see the Miami Heat. They got killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets. Start getting hyped for the finals, baby. Flash deals and last minute tickets. They're easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. And you can see images of where you're going to be sitting so you know that you won't have any kind of obstruction. You can see Jimmy Butler and all his glory up close through the Game Time app. So make sure to download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA. You get 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, you create an account, redeem the code LOCKEDONNBA. You get 20 bucks off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Thanks again for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Uh, we're going to be back tomorrow for every dayers with our in-depth preview of the Nuggets series. We also got a question on the Nuggets a little bit later on. If you have a question and you're watching live, leave your questions in the chat. We'll try to get to as many as we can uh, in the next segment. But um, it's time to get in the kitchen, David. Ooh. and Whip up some credit cookies. What kind of cookies do you give out when you're going to the NBA Finals? I don't know. The be- lobster roll cookies, whatever you want to call them. I don't know. Something disgusting and wonderful and happy all at the same time. The best <laughs> imaginable cookie you can Just cookies made imagine. of gold? Just yes. golden cookies. Golden angel feathers. Like, I don't know. Something you know, transcendent. Whatever experience you can equate. You know, I don't know. Uh, edible cookies. Whatever you want to put in them. As long as they're magical, get the job done. Because that's this goddamn what? Miami Heat Cookies team. laced with culture. That's <laughs> right. That's right. Snort all the culture you want right off the cookie sheet because that's what you got tonight, baby. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Butler, man, absolutely rude at the end of this game. Uh, midway through that fourth quarter, a couple of empty possessions offensively for the Miami Heat, right? And uh, Jason Tatum, as we discussed, limping basically throughout the entire game, but the Heat not really attacking him, not really taking advantage of, no. of Jason Tatum's injury very much. So a couple of empty possessions. Spoke calls a timeout. They come out, and Jimmy Butler first play gets the switch on Jason Tatum, attacks him, gets downhill, layup, boom. Next possession goes to Jason Tatum, attacks him. Jason Tatum fouls him right at the free throw line, boom, makes the free throws. Next possession attacks Jason Tatum again, settles for a three pointer, misses. But three straight possessions of attacking Jason Tatum when he sensed that that was the moment to stomp on Boston's throat, right? He went out and attacked their weakest point in the meanest way possible. And that was an injured Jason Tatum. That was all I needed to see from Jimmy Butler. But you saw so much more of him before that. He finishes 28 points on 28 shots, seven rebounds, six assists, three steals, just grabbing the ball from uh, 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 Jalen Brown on multiple occasions. Deflections. um, He was all over the place. And I thought offensively it was a slow start for him. But he found his rhythm. It wasn't the most efficient performance from him. But it was, like I said, it was what the Heat needed. It was enough. And and for Jimmy Butler, who has doubled, tripled, quadrupled down on the on the uh, the prognostications on, hey, we're going to go into Miami. We're going to win it. We're going to win it on the road. Now we're going to go back home and win it. No, actually, we lost again. We're going to go in Boston, and we're going to close out the series. He finally delivered. And, and it was the performance that he needed. Uh, incredible uh gutsy performance from jimmy I, I thought he fell in love with the three-pointer a little bit too much one i think one because he thought that would help create extra cushion and whatever slim margin 
Miami had over the Celtics, but I think I think his he ankle was just was bothering physically. Him. Yeah, I think he yeah, was. Exactly. I, I think that's exactly what it was. I think he, he three could for have seven seized opportunities, and he was just like, you know what, this is all I've got right now. I have to will myself to see if I can put this shot up, you know. And then sometimes it fell. It was a, a lot of no, 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 yes every time he hit it. Uh, but at the same time, it was just enough. And then to attack later on, knowing we're here. We have this opportunity. I'm not going to let it slip through my fingers as we did for the last three games. He turned it up a notch. He delivered the killing blow, and he was absolutely phenomenal. Great game from him. Uh, strong showing overall throughout the course of the series. Clearly a limited version. We'll get into the debate about him versus Caleb Martin, but just a really, really strong game from him and doing everything he can. And coming away with the Eastern Conference MVP trophy, a piece of hardware that he cares not just a little bit for. Uh, I think deserving, um, but you know what? It doesn't matter. It's a team win, as he said. I mean, it was deserving. He's the best player on the team. You just you don't overthink these awards, or else you end up with like Andre Iguodala getting a Finals MVP over Steph, and it's, and then like you get three years removed, and you're like, that was weird. Um, but Caleb Martin deserves so many of these culture. Unbelievable. This uh, series averaging <laughs> 18 points a game coming into Game Seven, double what he was doing in the regular season. Just yeah. ridiculous. Defensively, Ooh. with a limited Jimmy Butler. Miami's best perimeter defender in this series was the guy that they would go to in crunch time against Jason Tatum and or Jalen Brown, depending on who was feeling it in a particular game in this series. Um, the the Spo going back to Caleb Martin in that starting lineup was huge for them. It was the it was maybe the changing decision of this series after Joe Missoula went small, and that ended up being the right decision for Boston Celtics, and that changed the series initially. Um, I it's not just the scoring. And I know the scoring, like just the sheer production, the numbers. He finishes with 26 points on 11 of 16 shooting. Like, Unbelievable. is he Kevin Durant now? I just, I don't understand. 10 rebounds. So he gets a double double, three assists and a steal. And honestly, responsible for way more turnovers. You got credit for one steal, no blocks, but just hands in the, in, in the passing lanes, deflections. Didn't get credit for more steals than he created. Um, everything he's doing, he was just a two way force in this series and david i'm grappling with this because i don't know how much of this is real and how much of it is just a really good series if you know what i mean but yeah. he's making like fall away jumpers in the yeah. paint off of turnarounds yeah. and you're just like what on god's it, like it's like they had it's like jimmy butler whatever powers were drained from that yeah. right ankle were absorbed on to caleb, by caleb yeah. martin and he was like you know what i got the torch we're good to go man just an unbelievable and just Again, 18 points, double his regular season production going into game seven. And then to have this kind of night, 26 points uh, to, to cap it all off. The Heat don't win. The, the Heat are not in the NBA Finals, if not for Caleb Martin. So he gets, he's getting all the culture cookies. He is absolutely deserving of them. Uh, I, look, and I don't want to make this about the Celtics. And I don't have a problem with the Celtics before anybody starts going on here. Any Celtics fans lurking around saying, oh, this guy's always been a hater. I don't hate the Celtics. I hate Celtics fans because Celtics fans have been by far the very worst. At the same time, shame on the Celtics for not challenging Caleb Martin when he's got it dialed up. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're giving him all this kind of you space. Don't think they, oh, oh, on the drop with the three-pointers? I mean, they were yeah. doing that to everybody. They were doing yeah, it to everybody. Unbelievable. I, I think they challenged him when Caleb got into the paint. There was some great backdoor cuts. He had that wide Boston open looks, on. too. It's like they weren't even looking for him Caleb. on offense. It's like you're trying to shut down Jimmy, you're trying to shut down Bam, yeah. and then you're not giving any attention to Caleb. It's like he's your, your most dangerous weapon for three-fifths of, of tonight's game. Like He was he took really, advantage. really good. He took advantage, man. And oh, like I, like, Yeah, I guess you're not you're not going to like dispatch Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum to guard him, right? Because you like you said, you're not, you're not going to leave. It's sort of the same argument as why would you double Tatum when he was 0 of 8 on threes and that 
the end of the game six. I was like, I don't know, because it's Jason Tatum. And if Marcus Smart beats you, Marcus Smart beats you. I don't really care. Um, I'll, I'll say this, though. Really tough series for Jalen Brown. He had one good game. It was game four or five or something. Yeah, Maybe it was game six. He had one good game. Tough series for Jalen Brown. Caleb Martin was basically what, for the Heat, what the Celtics are hoping Jalen Brown is going to be. Just a 3 and D guy Ooh. who is making open shots, playing off of their best player, and, and just defending his tail off, getting rebounds, fighting through traffic. I mean, the amount of times he would save the ball when it was going out of bounds or, or get a rebound he had no business be getting, or even just yep. try to get it and kind of just create some chaos in the paint, and then maybe Kyle Lowry ends up picking up the loose ball or, you know, whoever. Like, he was so impactful in this game. He is Undrafted every, player. Exactly. He's everything that player. the Heat sort of undrafted storyline, the, these gems that they're picking up. Like, all these guys are success stories in their own right, but, like, Caleb Martin has now become the avatar of it, right? Like, yeah, it, fantastic. I mean, it, you can't say enough. Like, and and really killing, like a, a killing blow every time he scored, too, seizing the moment and didn't shirk away from it. Like, you don't expect a guy who was waffling between a starter and coming off the bench for most of the season to be able to raise his game to these kinds of levels and to not shrink away in the moment. And, and he, not only did he not shrink away, he accepted it and took it on. And again, he was. For a big part of today's game, Miami's best player on both sides of the ball, dangerous, a threat to score, unstoppable at the rim. He didn't even have any of those incredible finishes he's had uh, uh, as far as those acrobatic layups around the rim or anything like that. It was mostly just the jumper, whether he was driving and cutting and pulling up from 18 feet to turn around baseline, a just jumper that he hit there, un unbelievable. Unfettered. Just at, he's like, okay, like you're taking away this from me. I'm going to just hit this turnaround J in the paint. Uh, you're gonna leave me open for a split second. I'm gonna I'm gonna take this three pointer. Just completely unbothered, totally confident in a way that the Celtics weren't. The Celtics never really looked, other than Derek White. None of the Celtics really showed up no. with confidence, right? Like Derek no. White showed up to play, and I didn't really feel that from any of the Boston Celtics. So, um, yeah, all of that. I want to talk about Bam Adebayo too. Yes. He gets some credit cookies. I know it was rough for him. Uh, shooting wise, missing bunnies specifically against like guys like Marcus Smart and Derek White. Tough. A four of ten overall for just twelve points. But I do want to point out a couple of things with Bam. Um, did not pick up another foul in the second half after he picked up three, three. in the first half, and that to yeah. me was going to be such a swing factor yep. in that second half. How soon does Bam lose without pick up that fourth foul? They lose without him. If he picks oh, up a four no foul, doubt. gets into foul trouble. I mean, he has to miss more time. He he would definitely would definitely have lost because he was doing everything else on the floor. His playmaking, his defense, rebounding the setting was un unbelievable. unbelievable. Ten rebounds, good good point. And the screen setting was Miami's entire offense. Like I don't mean to sound too much like David Locke with the screen assist stuff, but right. like tonight it felt like it. You know, every Whoa. time how many times did they run horn three, sets? They were coming yeah. off of a yeah off that horn set exactly. It was. I, I don't think they've run it as much. I don't. I mean, I'd have to go back. The last time, the la I, I'm so glad you pointed. The last time was the closeout game against the Milwaukee Bucks in the first round okay. when they had when they had all those high low actions with Jimmy cutting. But instead yeah. of Jimmy cutting, they found that a couple one one or two times late in the game. But it was a lot of like Duncan Mark, uh, Duncan Robinson cutting, Caleb cutting, Lowry cutting. Uh, Jimmy Butler did get that one slip screen at the end out of the timeout uh, that Spo drew up, and then. Uh, but it was a lot of the stuff not in front of Bam, but the stuff behind him because against. Boston's drop coverage, it was open, right? And so, yeah. uh, whereas against Milwaukee at the closeout game, that's when that's when Milwaukee actually adjusted their drop defense to play up on Bam, and then that's yeah. why they went to that high-low stuff. But uh, just tremendous from Bam Adebayo. Not a coincidence, he was a plus 22 in this game. Behind only Kyle Lowry, who was a plus 26 in 24 minutes, Bam 
43 minutes of play. He was a plus 22, despite some of that foul concerns early in the in the first half, and then just you know going four of ten from uh, from the floor. Like he was before just... we wrap up with the credit cookies. Sure, got to give a shout out, Duncan Robinson, yes. cupping the ear, shutting down the hometown crowd. What a big game for him! A second straight really strong performance Smiling. from him. Very very impactful, making off ball cuts, finding that synergy with Bam yet again. Uh, blocking a shot, I think on, I want to say Jason Tatum, like he blocking in that corner there uh, when they were trying to. Did mount he get credit comeback. for that block? Let me see. Yes, he did. I know yes, you're talking did. about. Yeah, he got a block he did. for it. Yeah, he's yeah. got a block. It, wow, a big, big, big game from Duncan, and to hit those shots. Yeah, I know a lot of people were ripping on him after he missed a couple late in the game, but again, they weren't in that position to win it without Bam. Ha- I mean, sorry, without Duncan having had big shots down the stretch in Game Six. In Game Seven, he stepped up. Clearly wanted to make up for a guy who has taken so much crap from Heat fans for the contract, for being virtually unplayable, so stepping up, playing defense, making an impact, even when the, the, I mean, the shots were falling today, but just finding a way to be a really impactful player. Kyle Lowry today. I mean, can we talk about all the stories here? Like, again, the undrafted thing I know have been overused, but the kind of chip on the shoulder that creates in these players, the kind of crap that that Duncan, Kyle, Kevin Love, etc., have have played through, and Love didn't play at all tonight. Haywood Highsmith, like great game from him. I want to. I, I, I brought layup. this up. Haywood Highsmith. Oh yeah, poking the ball away from Tatum. What was that in the third quarter? Uh, Spo going small without a center. No second. Kevin Love and no Cody Zeller. Was it the second quarter? I yeah, when it, yeah, it was when he first moralizing. checked in. It was like yeah. within the first fifteen seconds. Yeah, um, going. I, I was. I was. Curious to see if there was another adjustment to be made in Game 7. I thought, if anything, maybe you replace Cody Zeller's minutes with Kevin Love. But yep. Spo went even further. He's like, just no backup centers. We're going to go right. hit with Highsmith. Dust him off. Uh, and he was no tremendous. Center lineups for much of the game, too. Yeah, here and there. But for I three minutes. From... For three minutes yeah. when Bam was on the bench. But, um, yeah, so credit cookies to Spo too, for having one last thing drawn up. Going to that full court <laughs> press. Drop back into the zone. I thought mixed in the zone with man-to-man better than he had all series long. It was a little bit more... Uh, unpredictable than it even was before. I think that got Boston out of sorts on offense a little bit. Um, and so, yeah, I think he pushed the right buttons. He pulled the right levers, and you're going to be playing in the NBA Finals. And uh, Spolstra what a is sense. a big part of that. What a <laughs> sense. I mean, I, look, I know tomorrow we'll lock in, just like this Heat team. We'll start focusing on the Nuggets and everything else. But for one night, can us as Heat media and everybody tuning into the show, just as, as fans of this Miami Heat team, just relish in the glory of where you are right now. Like this is so unbelievable for an eighth seed to come back and make it to the NBA finals, to avert the being on the wrong side of history, to beat the Bucks, to beat the Knicks, to beat the Celtics, taking on all comers and never blowing it, never losing sight of the ultimate goal. What an incredible accomplishment. What an incredible season. And it's not over yet. NBA finals, baby. Let's do this. They almost blew it. And I think that's what makes this so much sweeter, right? Uh, if you're a fan is, it was so close to being an absolute disaster. And you don't get this kind of relief and this kind of sweetness in glory if not for the other side of it, right? If it it, it weirdly feels almost better than sweeping the Celtics, doesn't it? To do it like oh. that, to just give them hope a little bit. Yeah. Just, just a little bit, just a teensy amount of hope. Here's a here's a little bit of hope. Here's some hope. And they're gonna yank it away from you. Take the rug right out, right out from under you. Um, I also just want to give myself one credit cookie. Is that okay? No, not tonight. Why? We, we I picked the, I picked heat the right. Seven? You did. I picked the right. I, I picked Heat in seven. I didn't think it was going to go this way necessarily, but I did say right. that Miami would benefit 
from playing in Boston that the longer the series went, the more it benefited Eric Spolstra and that coaching matchup. I thought that tipped the scale. One, one of the reasons that things got tipped Miami's way in game seven. I called it right, man. Heat in seven. I got it. You had heat in six, so it was not like you were like far off. No, I wasn't way off. I, I, I was one second them. away, man. I was. I you was were. Right you were there. Derek White tipping away. Also, all right, the Derek White tipping. I got a new opinion on that. Uh, also, what's the key to beating Denver? We're going to talk about that next year on Locked On Heat. Thanks for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Every day, we're going to be back tomorrow with our in-depth preview of Heat Nuggets. And boy, do we have a ton of great content planned for you leading into Thursday night's Game 1, June 1st. Always some crossovers game with one. Uh, Locked On Nuggets hosts? Uh, well, we... you and I both do the national show. With right. I got to jump Nuggets on there guys. right after this. I'm going to jump on there with Definitely Locked go check Nuggets that out, host people. Matt Moore. Yeah, absolutely. So when you're done we with the show, we got to figure out something fun with uh, to do, like some sort of bet. We got to find some sort of bet to place with uh, Adam and Adam and Matt. Um, you can reach Locked on Heat, Twitter, Instagram, email us, lockedonheat at gmail.com. Thanks to everybody who sent in questions using the hashtag AskLOHeat on Twitter. And those who are uh, submitting questions in our live chat here uh, on our YouTube postgame show. Uh, this one, or I, I want the Derek White thing. Before we get to our questions, that goes down. If if the Celtics win this thing in Boston game seven and they're playing in the NBA finals, that goes down as one of the most important critical shots in NBA history, right? That tip in one of the yeah. more meaningful shots. Uh, it probably leads to a very some difficult questions for the Heat in the offseason um, and all these things. But this win erases that. It erases that oh, yeah. heartbreak. It erases. I think for if you're a Celtics fan, I think that 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 Derek White shot will probably always be special to you, but not as special sure. as it could. It it, it goes down now. Forgotten. Like if Ray Very Allen, quickly. if yeah. Ray Allen makes a shot at end of Game Six in 2013, and then the Heat lose Game Seven, right? Like that's what the the, the equivalent of this is for Boston fans, uh, hypothetically, because obviously the Heat won that Game Seven. So it erases right. that Derek White thing. It erases that just the feelings that all Heat fans have leaving that arena, leaving Kaseya Center, watching on TV, seeing that go in. Those poor folks at their wedding. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. did you see that where they they saw the video and then they dropped the phone and then started celebrating at their wedding and then to realize oh, right. after they they should get another wedding just do it again renew your vows like two days later do it Jimmy again Butler, time to send a little money their way so they can redo that wedding <laughs> uh kyle writes in using the hashtag ask all heat is it recency bias or was this the most heat culture win in franchise history i don't want to I don't want to do like a like a big capital H capital C heat culture thing right now, even though it's it, it would be easy to kind of go down that road. But in terms of I, I find this an interesting it's question, David, because is this sort of like the most I don't know is 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 I'm going to just use synonyms for heat culture, I guess, just to not fall into it. But like sure. grittiest uh, or maybe not Tenacity, even grittiest, yeah. surprising, um, improbable, unyielding. Win. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think it is the most improbable win in Heat history because when you think about the Heat going to the finals, uh, the years that they have gone to the finals, a lot of the times they were the favorites. The only one that doesn't, like, I think about maybe game six in Boston, LeBron, the face on the brink of elimination, having to win two straight. Uh, that one's up there, but that doesn't, that, that, that feels more like a LeBron game to me than a Miami Heat game, right? Um, I'm trying to think if anything in the bubble, maybe the yeah. one where Bam had the block. <laughs> Oh, that that game against the the, the Celtics, Celtics that was a big one. Yeah, no, to All me the like the the most heat culturiest uh, win uh, that I've covered, and I think that I've seen is well, honestly Jimmy Jimmy having those monster games in and the late against the Lakers. Without, yeah, yeah, without Goran Dragic, without Bam Adebayo, but again, that's a, the team is that a Jimmy game or is that a heat culture game or do you not differentiate the two? 
What's the difference? He's the embodiment of heat culture. Nobody, look, I've been saying this for years before Jimmy even donned a heat uniform, that that guy was as heat culture as you could be. I remember having a, a round table of other local media and everybody saying, oh, who's the best fit for, you know, of the heat as far as free agents? And everybody saying Kawhi Leonard and somebody else saying uh, Kevin Durant, et cetera. Not that those wouldn't be great options, but that Jimmy was as good a fit as you can possibly be. He's had such a run in four seasons in Miami. The aberration being that one sweep against the Bucks a couple of seasons ago, they went to the finals in the bubble. They went to game seven and a missed three-pointer away from advancing to the finals last year, and they're back in the finals again twice in four years. Basket it, Heat fans, twice in the NBA finals in four seasons. Jimmy Butler, one of the best, if not the third best player in Heat history. Maybe mm. the second best player. In well, let's do that one. Let's. We actually literally got that question. I don't know if that's what gave you the inspiration. No, it didn't. That. I didn't even oh, see it. Maddie writes in, Jimmy, second greatest heat player ever. I'm going to put a question I, mark at the end of that. I, He's stating an opinion here. Look, I I mean, the things that Dwayne did were unstoppable, uh, you know, in 2006, obviously, to do it at that stage against the, Celt- the, the, the Mavericks. Unbelievable for him. I think that will always etch a place at number one. It's hard for anybody to challenge that. Unless Dwayne Wade's Jimmy, number one. That's it. If, if Jimmy matches that level of performance where it's a single-handed domination of the other team in the NBA Finals, and I don't know that that's possible against these Denver Nuggets, I think Wade's got Jimmy right on his heels based on what no. we've seen for four years. He's got After three four years, Yeah, he was – look, man, I'm not taking anything away from Dwayne Wade. But no, you need you Wade need played with LeBron James and to get Chris Bosh. Jimmy plays two. with Caleb Martin. <laughs> yes, Caleb Martin. <laughs> Historically great player like LeBron James. Uh, like Bam is a fantastic Better maybe? I don't know. Player. Yeah, at this point, right? <laughs> Caleb Martin in the Eastern Conference Finals or LeBron in the 2011 Finals? You be the judge. Yeah. I, yeah, I think it's uh, pretty close there. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, again, that might be heretical. I understand how a lot of Heat fans feel about Dwayne Wade. Great run in 2006. Unstoppable, unbelievable, historic for sure. Jimmy's had some moments, certainly I against can't, the Lakers. This is in the such bubble. a hot take, man, that you're going maybe Jimmy number one, where I think the conversation really is about number two. Who else? It's it's LeBron. It's LeBron. It's LeBron at, at two. Chalmers. Jimmy right there. Two, two A, two B, and Jimmy and LeBron. I uh, think we're seeing that. Uh, yeah, Mario so, Chalmers. Udonis I mean, Alonzo, Haslam, we got we to mention him. Um, yeah, no doubt. Udonis Haslam. Uh, I mean, these are the greats. Like, this is the Mount Rushmore. Uh, let's do that. Mount Rushmore. Right? Who's Mount Rushmore without Jimmy Butler? It's well, let's just do it. Let's just it's Dwayne Wade. It's I would say Zoe, LeBron, and I would have had UD as number four. And Jimmy's gonna knock one of those guys off, right? (laughs) And I've seen Eddie Jones, Tim Hardaway here. Like the show's falling off the rails a little bit, but that's because uh, everybody's happy right now, and I totally get it. Well, let's do uh, I just I just think that it's hard to separate because like Jimmy. Playoff Jimmy versus regular season Jimmy is such a thing that he doesn't have those kind of monster games yeah. that kind of help build or at least increase that legacy in February and March. You need to see those kind of single takeover games throughout the course of the regular season. For Jimmy, he just does it when it matters most, and he has for three seasons in a heat uniform. It's incredible what he's done. That's why I think he's a strong, stronger challenger than a lot of people expect him to be. That's for sure. Calvin writes in, are Jimmy and Bam's struggles concerning – Moving forward, I'm gonna I'm gonna absolutely. add a word to this. The physical struggles, in particular, are they a concern moving forward? No doubt, right? I mean, we're yeah, talking absolutely, and that what I think the real loss in not sweeping the Celtics or winning in five and having this thing pushed to seven games is that you have to turn around and uh, and go to Denver, which apparently, uh, reportedly, the Heat 
did not book that's, a flight back to Miami. They booked a flight straight to Denver. Yeah, let's not read too much into that. I mean, I know that's fun to break down and everything else like that, but I, I mean, they booked a flight. To, uh, did they even say they didn't book a flight to Miami? I, or did they just say that they booked a flight to Denver? Because that's obvious. Is a, it's a Slater, Slater, Slater Scoop guy. Yeah. Slater Scoop guy. So he, he said that they didn't book a flight to Miami. Okay. Well, now, I don't know how – I, I don't know how much that matters. I think if – you know, you could always just, you know <laughs> – <laughs> book the flight to Miami if you lose. Uh, it's not like you're going to be stranded in Boston. These people will find a way to get back home. But um, I think, it, yeah, whatever. It's not a big deal. Um, fun little thing, though. Uh, I am concerned about Jimmy and Bam physically going in, into this Denver Nuggets yeah, game. It's going like, to be a tough matchup. Okay. It's going to be tough. The one, the one thing I will say, uh, you know, when you go against um, Aaron, a guy like Aaron Gordon, he's probably going to get the Jimmy Butler assignment. That dude is tough. He is big. He is physical. But he was tough, big, and physical even before Jimmy Butler rolled his ankle, right? Like there, there wasn't yeah. like a getting by Aaron Gordon. That doesn't really happen, right? You can, you're not going to push him out of the way the way that you could push a Derek White out of the way, if, or or even a Drew Holiday the way that Jimmy Butler did in the first round, um, or even a Quentin Grimes in the second round, right? Where you could just see yeah. Jimmy Butler every once in a while put his shoulder in him. Like that's just not going to happen against Aaron Gordon. But there's other ways to do it. It's going to be. Dare I say, maybe even more finesse, right? Where you're trying to cut back door and you're trying to find your spots, do your homework before you get the ball. Uh, there's going to be things like that. But for Bam, yeah, man, this is going to be physical. We saw Jokic eat Anthony Davis's lunch in the Western Conference Finals. That dude is big and and strong. Does and Kevin Love get back around. in the starting lineup? I think we do see Kevin Love in the starting lineup. I, I think agree. We do. Um, I agree. And I think you kind of have to have him out there and see if it works. And then you know what? You you throw in lots of Caleb minutes, as great as he was in the finals. Eastern Conference Finals. It's a completely different matchup now. You have a lot of size over there, and, and, yeah. and Kevin Love can help you offset some of that. And even if he just picks up ticky tack fouls, and we've seen this, you can get under Nikola Jokic's skin. Obviously, Heat fans are very familiar with that. And if you put Love out there just to be a physical presence, challenge Jokic a little bit, it can bite you in the ass as a team, no doubt about it, as, as Jokic will undoubtedly make his impact in the, in the game and in the series. But you can get under his skin, throw him the off Lakers his did it a little bit. A little bit. The Lakers did a little bit in the Western Conference Finals. Obviously, it didn't matter because they got swept. No, did they, did, they did do it a little bit. I don't know if I showed this before, and I don't know how true this is, but from Raphael, he says, Caleb Martin is the first undrafted player in NBA history to score 25-plus points in a Game 7 victory. So I would have doubted it. I don't know. Who, that checks out. Who has, who has the ball? Who has that many opportunities The only thing score? I could have thought was, with like, was did Danny Green do something in like a Game 7 where – but I don't think he ever reached 25 points. Like, that's a lot of points. But. It is. With, with, the, with all the three pointers that he's setting, yeah. Willie right then, maybe, but, yeah. is if he's available, will Tyler Hero be coming off the bench when he's healthy? So he still has not resumed full basketball activities. He's just now starting to cleared. dribble and shoot a little bit, but he has been, been cleared. cleared. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, this turnaround is not very long. Uh, we're doing this Monday night, David. They have to play on Thursday night, so I think that there is a chance, depending on how long this series goes, that we game see three. Tyler Hero. I would be game surprised four. if we saw him in Game One. Right? No, yeah, no doubt. I, I think you, you have to work him back in there. He has to continue to get back into it. They sh I, I know, I, I think they showed him shooting around pre-game pre and in shoot-around today, and he looks good. I mean, he's he's putting up his shots. I mean, he's a, a bucket still, but, like, just the endurance. So like, And, again, to play well, in he Denver has been, he's been everything able to on the line. His conditioning because of the broken hand. You're able to kind of run up and down courts and do stuff like that. But you're right. Like, this, the rhythm stuff, too, and just, like, and playing in an NBA Finals game after having not played for a month, basically, is, is tough. So if he does become available, if he is ready to play at some point in the series, he will come off the bench. They're not going to, they're not going to, no. uh, yeah. they're not going to, you know, 
changes starting lineup that dramatically. 15, 20 minutes at most per game. At most. Yeah, probably something like that. And I, by the way, I think they're going to be able to use him. Like, I think that's somebody that they can, it, gonna need some depending on what he looks like, obviously. If you're getting something resembling what it was Tyler Hero was in the regular season, that would be a useful player against a very high-powered Denver Nuggets offense. No no Gabe um, minutes, maybe, and and put uh, Hero out there as your defect. Not, not your point guard, but he'll play off-ball, uh, a lot of off-ball cutting from him, maybe some catch-and-shoot three opportunities. I could see that being something. But the problem I is— I think you can go eight or nine deep against Denver. You could even go ten deep early in that series yes. to kind of figure out what, what matchups and what players are working. Yeah. Um, and again, depending on when Tyler— High Smith and Zeller will get back. minutes at some point. I yes. think Kevin Love will as well. So it's it's something to consider. Look, and we'll break it all down in more detail yeah. in the upcoming episodes. So make sure to stay. We'll do one more. We'll do one more on it. Eric. So what's the key to beating Denver? This question comes from Eric. We'll just do this one before we we sign off here. If you just had to name one key to beating Denver, what do you think it is? Uh, I think it's shutting down Jamal Murray because I, I think Nikola Jokic is is going to get his or make an impact. Uh, you try to challenge him, be physical, get under his skin a little bit, but it, it, you can't keep you have to keep Murray from getting hot. Uh, mm. There are other players. Continues Caldwell Pope, uh, Aaron Gordon, uh, Bruce Brown. They can put up points when needed. Uh, they don't go very deep. Their depth is not questionable, but it's they just don't go very deep on that uh, roster. At the same time, I think Murray is a very legitimate weapon, and he catches fire quickly, and, and he's yeah. healthy too. So he's awesome. Uh, you, you have to try and shut him down. So I would not be surprised to see Caleb get that assignment. Uh, you know, I, I would not want to see Max Struess start off on Murray, which seems very likely. No, I mean you'll get Gabe Vincent. We'll, we'll start, Vincent. and then and then once you sort of shuffle Caleb Martin in, I I think that's a good call. You probably see him on Jamal Murray, depending on how the lineups work out. I'm with you. Jokic is inevitable. I think just in general, every team asks itself, hey, how can we slow down Jokic just a little bit? Good luck, I guess. I mean, you got to try, but that's going to be, I think, bam, one-on-one. -on -one. I don't I don't, I don't, don't think you can overreact to Jokic because he's just going to do what he's going to do regardless. You could just, like we saw in game four at the end of that game against the Lakers, they put two guys on him, including Anthony Davis, and he still made an impossible three-pointer. Like, he's just going to do stuff. You can put five guys on him, he's going to do stuff. Uh, so it is limiting the other guys. So I agree with you there, but I also think on Miami's side, this three-point shooting, man, oh. it needs to stay hot. They got to keep making threes like they are at the rate that they just made them against Boston, or else yeah. it's going to be tough to keep up. With no, Denver's yeah. If you're if you're coach. adding a, a, an X factor on the Miami side, I think it's Bam too. Like if he can, if he can draw Jokic into some mismatches and take advantage of that. You, I mean, Bam has struggled against Nikola Jokic historically, and I don't know. I don't see that that will change. I, I'm not sure. Uh, we've seen him go up against Brook Lopez, Mitchell Robinson, Julius Randle. And now, uh, you know, against the, the Celtics and Robert Williams and Al Horford, all great in their own respective ways. And he's still here. He struggled here and there throughout a lot of these matchups. But this is his toughest one to date. Uh, so if he can, I mean, I know that's an understatement. At least defensively, we'll see how he, how often he matches up against Jokic. But then offensively, whoever's guarding him, whether it's Gordon or Jokic, he's got to be able to get his points. And I wonder how much easier that will be than the challenges he faced against the Celtics, because that, that could be a, a huge strength for Miami if they're able to get more of what we've seen from Bam as far as a, a 20 and 10 kind of guy. Thanks to everybody who watched us uh, live on this post-game program. We are going to be back every single day this week leading into the finals in game one Thursday night. We'll be back immediately following that game with a recap. Maybe we'll go live just like this. Uh, but thanks to everybody who's tuned in. Thanks to all of our new listeners and viewers. During this playoff run, we Stay really appreciate us. it. Make sure that you are subscribed to the show, like the show, thumbs up on YouTube, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you get your podcast, Odyssey app. Uh, and thanks so much to everybody tuning in. Uh, 
Eastern Conference Finals champions. Those are your Miami Heat. What a ride. And it's going to keep going. Thanks for joining me, David. You got it. Wearing that new hat, just like Jimmy said. (laughs) 